somebody wake me? Yo, what's up, man? Is this thing on? <laughs> Jay Soderbergh. That's me. John Luckenbaugh. That's him. Two podcasting veterans. One from the production space. And one from the outer space. And we're, we're, we're QNO. Weekly news and tips in podcasting. On podcasts. Hello and welcome to the Queued Up Podcast on Podcasting. I'm subtitling this podcast, The Discovery. I'm Pod Vader, also known as Jay Soderberg. I am here, as always, with my co-host, John Luckenbaugh. Hello, John. How are you doing? Hey, Jay. Good morning. It is a lovely morning, isn't it? We are going to be talking about the business and tech of podcasting, as we do on a weekly basis, always. This week, we're going to talk about podcast discoverability and... John's going to teach me a lesson. John, what are you going to teach me this week? The importance of choosing a podcast category. That is super important. We'll also go through the Apple numbers from mypodcastreviews.com. Make sure you stay tuned to the very end because we have a very special message from our friend Joey from Joey's Totally Tech podcast. You're not going to want to miss that. John. Where can people get in touch with you if they've got questions that they want answered that we don't necessarily cover on this show? Sure. You can reach me at my website, qd-up.com, or the email address, info at qd-up.com. I am at the real Pod Vader on Twitter, or if you want to reach me via email, nextfanup at gmail.com is the best way to get in touch with me. That's the email address for my football show. If our show sounds different than the previous three episodes, well, that's because every week we're going to try and use a different recording process to give you an idea of what the different recording software that's out there sounds like. What are we using this week, John? We are using Zencaster. Ooh, Zencaster, I know, is very popular with the podcasting peoples. Yeah. I'm just looking at my waveform here, Jay. It seems really low compared to compared to yours. I haven't adjusted my gain or anything since on the other apps that we've used. It's all stayed the same and pretty even volume-wise. So that's, that's interesting. That's a lot lower. When we provide these critiques to any of the services that we end up using on a weekly basis, we're doing more so to give you, the podcaster, a little bit of information and hopefully some critical feedback for these companies that are providing these services. And that would be one thing to note. We haven't had to adjust our gain on any of our previous recordings. This time it appears uh, John may have had to make an adjustment on this one. We'll find out more in the post-production process. We should also note that we are using the free trials for all of these recording services. And I do wonder if there's a difference between the free trial and what their actual product is. That's correct. The output is as an MP3 128 kbps rather than your standard waveform. You can't get the waveform if you upgrade your plan. So there's been a number of times where John and I have interrupted each other, but they've been edited out of this particular podcast. We've been used to seeing each other when we're recording, so it's a little easier to not talk over each other. Now, they have a function on their software where you can raise your hand. However, if I click on it, 
John will only see a very little hand get highlighted next to my name instead of maybe a big pop-up flashing thing that says, hey, the other person wants to say something. And I don't know, I don't know if a little highlighted hand is, is enough to, to get the point across there, John. No, I don't think so. The one good thing for Zencaster is the plan for the hobbyist plan. Because of COVID, that they they dropped the restrictions of up to two guests and recording eight hours per month, and now you can do unlimited guests and recording time without having to upgrade to the professional plan, which is twenty dollars a month. So they only have two plans to choose from: the hobbyist or the professional. There is an area to chat. There is a settings. John noted when we first connected that uh, it did not pick up my Blue Yeti microphone. Instead, it was using the internal microphone on my laptop, which is obviously not something that we would want. So it was a good thing that John was able to note that. And the other thing, Zencaster does record multiple tracks. So the editing process for John, while a little more technical, is also a little easier for him to put our conversation together and make it sound nice, crisp, and clean as if there was no talking over each other, John. One other note is for remote recording, I know Zencaster has restrictions on being available to to your guests if they need to call them via landline or mobile compared to Zoom or Squadcast that you can use your, your phone to call them. So there's, uh, there's Zencaster. I will tell you from my own personal choice, I don't feel like the Zencaster platform is very intuitive. I don't feel like it's very easy to understand. The layout is a little clunky. It doesn't necessarily tell me this is what you need to do. This is how you need to record. Press here to record. Press here to stop. Yeah, compared to last week with Squadcast, I thought that was a lot more intuitive. And I know the one issue that we were thinking we might have with the latency issues, the packet loss, when I went down to edit it afterwards, that was minimal. And there wasn't too much issue from that, from Squadcast. So, so far we have used Zoom, Squadcast, and Zencaster. There should be a difference in what you're hearing. And if there isn't, that's because of the great work that John and his team do at Queued Up <laughs> uh, to make us sound really, really good. John, you ready to get into some podcast discovery? Yeah, let's do it, man. All right. This is a little bit of an older article that John actually found for me, which I was quite excited about. It was published by the podcast host at thepodcasthost.com, and it provides some discovery stats from 2020. They conducted a survey uh, before March 27th, so this is actually pre-COVID. Of 780 people, 41% of those 780 had never run a podcast. Those are their words to translate because I'm pretty sure that's European. Uh, (laughs) That means 41% of them have never done a podcast. They haven't hosted a podcast. They haven't created a podcast. They weren't a podcast guest. They were 41% of them were actually listeners and not creators in that regard. The, the survey size to me, John, seems a little small, uh, especially yeah. when we've talked about Edison and pod sites that have had thousands of people in their surveys. So of the 780, 
59% of them do have their own podcast or they have run a podcast. 41% have never run their own podcast. That does seem a little high when you're, and I do think having that many podcasters, that many creators is going to skew the outcome of some of the results that we're going to hear about. They should already know how to use a podcast listening apps directory to find new podcasts. Not only that, John, I find that podcasters end up talking inside a bubble. And what I mean by that is they'll talk to other podcasters and believe that what they're saying is the truth for everyone out there because everyone that they talk to who happens to be a podcaster runs into the same situation. There are still, as you mentioned, a number of people out there in the universe who've never listened to a podcast. And we're certainly not at 50 or 75% of people listening to podcasts on the regular. So to talk to this many podcasters totally skews the answers in this regard. I'm more interested about the 41% of people that have never created a podcast or don't have their own podcast. That chunk of people is super important. And unfortunately, 41% of 780 is way too small of a sample size to really get real good takeaways out of this. But here are the insights that the podcast host found. You want to find a new podcast to listen to. What do you do first? 40% of the people surveyed said they search my podcast listening apps directory. Now, I do think that this is more of a result of the podcasters out there that are aware of the podcast listening apps and they know how to use a podcast listening app and would know to search a podcast listening app for a specific podcast. I don't think a person who's not a podcaster is going to the podcast listening app directory and searching that first. I think if anybody's doing a search on anything, there's only one place you go to do that, John. Google. And that came in fourth in in the Uh, questioning. Uh, 13.6%. 18.3% said they directly asked someone I know who likes the same stuff. 15.2% ask on social media or in an online community. And the number five answer, 13% browse through a podcast chart or featured section. And to me, I feel like those last two are more indicative of the person who has never made a podcast before. Very true. And obviously, we know from the beginning of podcasting time, that word of mouth has been huge to help grow listenership in podcasting. How do listeners judge potential new podcasts? When considering a new show, how important to you is the podcast description? And that was the most important thing. Ranked on a scale of 1 to 10, it got a 7.8. The next thing was the podcast episode titles, followed by the frequency of new episode releases and the podcast ratings and reviews. Those are the top four things that people are looking for when they're judging the potential of a new podcast that they've never listened to before. And I do think all four of those are indicative of somebody looking, anybody looking for a new podcast. And if it isn't what they're using, it's what they should be using. We should be educating our audiences. These are the things you should be looking at. And oftentimes when I'm consulting with podcasters, John, I'll let them know, I'll tell them to play the why game. And that is, why should a new listener who's never heard of your show click play on this particular podcast? And it starts with your title, and then it goes to your description, and then it goes to your episode title, and then it goes to your episode description. And if you keep asking yourself why, you play that game with your two-year-old or your four-year-old, 
you're going to get to the root of the real reason why someone is going to listen to the show. And thus, you'll have more success uh, by playing the why game. And if you don't have a two-year-old or a four-year-old, have a pretend two-year-old or four-year-old. <laughs> Very easy to do. Just say a statement and then ask why after it. And then when you answer that why, ask why again. And just keep asking why. You got to do it at least five, six, maybe even 10 times to really get down to the root and find your true answer and where your success will really lie. John, there were some other uh, answers that people gave that I also think stand out to uh, judge a new podcast on. That's the, uh, the podcast artwork, the name of the podcast that you've heard of the interview guest and that you have heard of the presenter or the host, I assume. Yes, that's European for host. I do think artwork, obviously, we've talked about it. When, when you're looking at a page full of logos, if you will, on the Apple Podcast app, if your artwork is popping, if, if it's got something that people are visually attracted to, that's obviously going to help you to find new listeners to your podcast. The name of the podcast, I think, is odd that that's ranked so high, even at a 5.1, and higher than an interview guest or the name of the host of the show. Obviously, if you know who the host of the show is and you know who the guest is, that's going to give you more interest. As a sports fan, I'm going right. to be more interested in listening to actual athletes from the sport of interest like a LeBron James or a Michael Jordan than I am a a fan of a team a fan of a team or or even a lesser known bench player uh, mm -hmm. on a team right so to me I'm a little surprised that those ranked so low when listening to a new show how long do you think is a fair time to give it to hook you in before you give up on it 28.9% said up to 15 minutes that seems really long. If you're looking for something to listen to, I don't necessarily think it's an unfair answer to give up to 15 minutes of a podcast. I mean, most podcasts these days, they are trending shorter in the 30-minute mark. And when people ask, how long is the perfect length for a podcast? <laughs> the answer is unknown. But yeah. the best answer is the one that I always summarize from Dave Jackson, which is it should only be as long as it's not boring. Once your podcast is boring, then you should not be continuing with content at that particular point. And most people's attention span, like, like if you can easily Google this, the human attention span is shorter than a goldfish. Uh, so the, and the goldfish attention span is like 10 seconds. So understand that you have to play that Y game really well. You have to tease your content constantly throughout your show, not only just at the beginning and not at the end of your podcast, but throughout your show, you need to continue to tease your audience to keep giving them that something to look forward to uh, right. as, you're, as you're delivering your content so that they continue to listen. You want to keep giving them that reason to listen. And the best way to do that is how, John? Keep asking why. Play the why game. That's right. I'm wondering here if the 28.9% that give up to 15 minutes, I wonder if that's skewed more towards the those that are familiar with podcasting and, and have their own podcast compared to the the next one, which is 27.5% for five minutes or less. Maybe that would be more of those listeners that don't have their own podcast. 
Well, I do think it depends because the third is 22.6% that say they'll give a full episode. And I'm of the sort that I want to give when, when I go and listen to a podcast. Now I'm a podcaster and I've been involved in podcasting for over 15 years. I want to give the podcaster the benefit of the doubt, right. especially if I'm listening to a, to a show that's been around for a while that has a large number of episodes in their back catalog. However, I'm not going to name the podcast I was listening to the other day. I gave them, uh, I gave them less than five minutes. I, I started listening and it, it just sounded like they were whining. And I, I had enough and I turned it off. I was like, nope, wow. don't want to listen to that. Have no desire to listen to that. Now, maybe I'll go and listen to another episode of theirs that, that covered a different topic. But uh, in that particular episode where they were interviewing a, an author of a book, I was like, yeah, I've had enough of this. First, you've like really buttered up the author a little too much. And second, I, I'm, I'm tired of listening to you whining about your life. What are your thoughts on the three to five full episodes? That's a lot. And I'm curious what section of the audience of the of this sample answered three to five full episodes, or even two full episodes for that matter. After I listen to one episode of a podcast, I'm not really looking into it more. Now, when we're talking about multiple episodes, we must be talking about shows like Serial. Shows yeah. that have an ongoing story, fictional podcasts, which would have, I would assume, ongoing stories that wouldn't be self-contained in one episode. In that particular case, I don't think I need more than one episode to decide if I'm going to listen to the next story, right? I agree. And it is, quite honestly, it is a big drop from that 22.6%, which was the third answer, to the fourth answer, which is only 10.2%. It is nice, though, that this in the sample, only 2.3% said they give it one minute or less. So you are getting more than a minute, but you're not going to get much more than that. Your worst case scenario, you're really only getting like five minutes. Yeah. And if somebody has listened for five minutes and you haven't given them what they're looking for, then they're gone and they're probably not coming back. As they point out, the podcast host is your two minute long theme tune and 10 minutes of opening banter harming your podcast growth. Probably. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I am big on the opening themes. I used to work at ESPN Radio, and I used to fight tooth and nail to keep my opens for, for the show, which, were, which could be a minute to a minute and a half. And they were usually recapping the big game uh, from mm -hmm. the night before. And I was making what I thought was just audio artwork. They were pieces of art. They were gorgeous, John. They were tremendous, mixed in with music of the day. And it was just, it sounded awesome. And I would play it and I'd be so proud of it. And, and then my boss would say, that's great. Can you cut that down to 30 seconds? And I'd be like, you want me to take a minute out of the description of the game of the night before? How in the world am I going to do that? So yeah, I, I've come from that though. Understanding that those wonderful audio works of art don't help keep an audience engaged with your show. It needs mm -hmm. to be quick. It needs to be 10 seconds or less. If you're playing literally just music with no voiceover to tell me about the show, 
I got it. It's one second. Establish the music. Bam. And hit. Come in. Hello and welcome to the queued up podcast on podcasting. Cannot give me 10 to 20 seconds of just music. I don't care about your music. It's the least important thing uh, in in the grand scope of your podcast. And that might even be a turnoff if, if it's not the genre of music that you like or if it invokes the wrong the wrong feeling that you're looking for. They also asked the survey about potential turnoffs for new podcasting and asked about mm. advertising. How do ads and or ad reads affect your decision to keep listening? 93.8% said, I'm fine with adverts and podcasting within reason. And 6.2% said, I won't listen to a show with adverts. Again, to translate the European, adverts is uh, advertising or ads. I mean, again, this is something that has been covered before, uh, especially from the Edison research folks, that advertising and podcasts do not turn off your audience. And in most cases, they're not even skipping the advertising. How does sound quality affect your decision to keep listening? John, I believe this is a topic we discussed just last week. Yeah, it's kind of uh, surprising what they came up with, with uh, only 48.9% are happy to listen to amateur quality audio as long as the content's good. Well, I also wonder what is the definition of amateur quality audio? True. Is amateur quality audio just one that doesn't sound like was done by a pro radio outlet like NPR or BBC, which is what is defined in the 51.1% of people who prefer to listen to that. Quite honestly, I think if you were to take all 780 and you were to play them sound from an NPR show and sound from an amateur quality show, 100% of the people are going to say, I prefer the sound of the NPR show. Yeah. So I don't necessarily know if the question was asked properly, but what I will say is that it does mean that your audio quality is important, but it doesn't have to be perfect. That's correct. And that is something that I have always lived on is everyone hates the phrase good enough. But in <laughs> essence, your podcast audio just needs to be good enough. People will be forgiving if your content is really good. I agree. Episode length. And this is, a, we already touched on this a little bit. You find a potentially interesting podcast, do you, well, I don't know why they listed it this way, but 69.9% said, I don't care about episode length. 18.8% said they feel put off by a short episode, that being 15 minutes or less. And 11.2% said they prefer it if the episodes are shorter, 15 minutes or less. The number that I find interesting is in the chart below it with the 32% feel put off by an hour long episode or an hour or more. Why did they split the short answers and the long answers? Why did they not mix them together? That's yeah. what I want to know. Because it is interesting that 69.9% said they don't care about the episode length when they were asked if they cared if it was shorter, but only 52.6% said they don't care about episode length when they were asked if the podcast was longer. The first question is if you feel put off by shorter episodes of 15 minutes or less. And then the second question is if they feel put off by longer episodes. So I guess what it comes down to is people are less put off by shorter episodes than they are longer episodes. But ultimately, they really don't care. What they really care about is the content of the show. And it goes Correct. back to the 
your show should only be as long as it's not boring. Correct. Does the back catalog have an impact on potential new listeners? And 63%, 63.7 to be specific, said a podcast back catalog had no impact on whether or not they decided to listen, while 16.5% prefer podcasts to have a small amount of episodes so they can catch up easily, and 15.9% prefer them to have a big back catalog of hundreds of episodes so that they can binge them like crazy. To me, what a back catalog shows is your staying power. And we'll get into this when we talk about the Apple numbers this week. And understand that there are some podcasts that are, for instance, sports podcasts, they're, they might have a large back catalog, but the information in that back catalog is dead. It's irrelevant at this particular point in time, because what they talked about a team two years ago has literally nothing to do about a team playing today. So understand that with different categories and different podcasts, a back catalog is more or less important, depending on that. Serial obviously was a short run podcast uh, that doesn't have ongoing new episodes. And yet it's still one of the most listened to podcasts today. It still lists high in the charts that we talked about on last week's podcast. There's always a qualifier with questions like that. Here are some of the more unusual ways listeners have discovered new podcasts. I will tell you, John, that my good friend Tom Webster over at Edison Research suggested to me that the best way to promote the Next Fan Up podcast was with urinal cakes. And <laughs> I really liked what he was to say because he's like, Your show is appealing to sports fans. You should provide the urinal cakes to sports bars so that when people go in to relieve themselves while watching <laughs> games at the sports bar, they see an advertisement for your podcast. I did like that idea, and I did research it. Urinal cakes are surprisingly more expensive than you might think. That's clever. I like that. <laughs> but I thought that, I thought that was a great idea. My Tinder date recommended her own podcast. <laughs> All right. <laughs> John, you and I have been out of the dating world for a little while now. Um, yeah. I can only imagine you go on a date and the date just talks about their own podcast the entire time. To me, I'd, uh, I'd find that to be a turnoff, not necessarily yeah. a reason to go listen to a podcast. Uh, yeah. Or maybe going to listen to her podcast and go, whew, dodged a bullet on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Some of these just are kind of just out of nowhere. People ask all the time, how do I grow my podcast? And I know that Queued Up offers social media services for their clientele to help grow podcasting through social media. However, some of these ways are, are old school uh, methods of marketing that podcasters really should think about employing, especially if it's a podcast that has a target audience that would be fine, you know, which would be found at a grocery store, or if you're a dentist office and you have a podcast on dentistry, why not advertise your podcast in your office, you know, with business in cards or playing the podcast in the, in the waiting room. All these things are, are definite options to help promote your show. Uh, so anyway, interesting insights here from the podcast host, as we mentioned, this study was released in March of this year. So it was right before or pretty much right as the 
COVID-19 pandemic was taking over the world. There some good insights there and certainly some more things that you can take a gander at. Is it time to teach me a lesson already, Joan? Yeah, I believe it is, Jeff. I'm always ready to learn. Sometimes a little less so than others. But I have a feeling that you have a good lesson for me today. Yeah, let's talk about the importance of choosing a podcast category. Why is it important to (laughs) choose the right category for your podcast, John? So you have an awesome podcast that you just recorded and produced, and it's ready to launch. So how's it going to be listed? Listeners have their favorite podcast categories, and when you're ready to publish, the category you choose is very important because this is how people are going to find it. Although you can list more than one category on your podcast, it will only be categorized for search purposes by the primary one. And it's important that you understand the categories to place your own podcast to gain the most listenership. So you need to ask yourself whether you want it in a big category like business or education, where more people look, but it may get lost, or in a smaller category like business management, where it may not get as much traffic, but it'll be easier to find. Recently, I got an exercise bike with one of those monitors where you can watch instructors and everything. Yeah. And so I was looking for a hip hop session and found the one that was 90s old school hip hop. I thought, yeah, this is my jam. I was going to be able to bang some beats and knock it out for the day. Well, this thing was miscategorized. It was slow, easy listening playlist. Mm. And I waited like 10 minutes to see if it would get into my into my hip hop playlist. But obviously, I was frustrated that this was categorized and labeled incorrectly. So the same thing with podcasts. Imagine that you're looking for a comedy podcast. You go to the comedy category on Apple Podcasts, click play on the first podcast you see, then suddenly you're listening to a spiritual podcast. You wouldn't be too happy with it, would you? But what if you were making jokes about... Uh, I won't go there. <laughs> no, let's, no, let's not do that. <laughs> Interesting. So what are some of the more crowded categories, John? In February 2020, Dan Meisner of Pacific Content wrote the article these are the most crowded categories in Apple Podcasts. And he found that religion and spirituality is the most crowded top-level category with 99,390 podcasts and more than 6 million episodes. Now, to alleviate your small sample size concerns, Jay, he used a sample of 764,379 shows. Pacific Content uh, does regular data mining on the Apple Podcast app. so. When it comes to this type of information, you're not going to find a better source than Pacific content. Religion and spirituality, that doesn't surprise me, by the way. No, no. Second is society and culture with 96,372 shows. And third is business with 66,643. Now, don't forget that this was before the boom in podcasts that coincided with COVID. So what is the best podcast category to have a fighting chance in i would say the smaller competition categories are the best let's take a look at apple podcasts here it helps listeners find your podcast because people like to browse by category as we covered in our previous episodes about the podcast charts while it isn't a good way to rate your podcast it is an easy way to be listed for new listeners to find you Apple Podcasts features new podcasts from each category in the app. 
Also, each category on Apple has its own top 10 list for episodes and shows. And other podcasting directories like Stitcher have similar categories, but will be slightly different. As we've highlighted on past episodes, with Apple being the mammoth in the industry, using Apple categories is the most common. Interesting to note in the recommendations from Pacific Content that whenever possible, choose a specific subcategory mm-hmm. as your show's primary category to help you stand out in the crowd. And that does seem to make a lot of sense as you look at their chart of number of episodes available in each category. It divides it by the subcategories and the largest number of episodes in almost all of these is the no no subcategory chosen. That's correct. Yep. One thing that podcasters need to take into consideration is the content and topic of your podcast when picking a category. So your your primary category should be the one that most suits your podcast and your subcategory should be the about the more specific content. For Apple, there's 19 overall categories and 15 of them are broken into subcategories. And these categories aren't chosen in iTunes or Apple, but through your hosting company. You can check the show notes for an updated list to the Apple podcast categories. One other thing from this note from Pacific Content, if you're trying to decide between two different podcast categories, and both seem like a good fit content-wise, and there are often times, specifically with this podcast, should this podcast be listed in technology or should it be listed in business? Should it be listed in business news? We had trouble deciding. Ultimately, you should choose the one that is less crowded. I believe we picked technology over business. Remember that your target audience is most important. So when choosing your category, think about what the target audience is and what categories they will be searching. John, I believe it's that time to jump into the Apple numbers from mypodcastreviews.com. And I also believe we're in a new month, which means it's time to look at the entire month of October for podcasting. Interesting here to note that podcasting growth from September to October uh, flattened out a little bit in regards to the uh, astronomical growth that we had been seeing ever since the pandemic. And, And really, since November of last year, based on uh, the chart provided here by Daniel J. Lewis at mypodcastreviews.com. In October, we had 1,580,709 podcasts. And September saw the total at 1,550,466. The total number of podcasts did not grow all that much. We were talking about 30,000 podcasts. Ah, uh, thirty thousand. <laughs> what a what a puny number. Only one thousand a day. How dare we not grow this faster? I will tell you that over the last week, it does appear that just over fifteen thousand uh, new podcasts added to the Apple Podcast app, while only about ten thousand or so were removed. And to be even more specific, in the last 30 days, 12,598 were removed from the Apple Podcast app. And by the way, my my Emerson math added a zero to the number that were removed last week. I meant only about 1,000 were removed in the last week, not 10,000. 
That would be pretty amazing that uh, 10,000 removed last week, but 12,000 for the entire month. Whoa. So, Jay, one of the things that I'm seeing here is there's a difference in the amount of podcasts added and removed, where it's 101,397 in the last 30 days and minus 12,598 in the last 30 days. Now, I realize there's a couple days in November put in here, but that's 88,000 roughly episodes added where the the chart only shows 50,000 added over the last month. It does show a note here that during the time, this time, the following numbers may not match as expected. And if you need a, a specific quote of any of this data to please contact them for okay. the right number. Yeah, I'll, I'll get in touch with Daniel and, and find out where the discrepancy lies or why there's a discrepancy. Maybe there's something that we can report on. We'll have on next week's podcast uh, as we go through. I don't necessarily want to go too deep into the active versus inactives here, but I do want to point something out that Rob Walsh noticed, and he mentioned this on the feed podcast. And that is while we've had this astronomical growth of podcasting basically since the pandemic hit to now. What he has noted is that Daniel's definition of active podcasts, that being one that has published at least one episode in the last 90 days, that number has not changed dramatically at all. In other words, as Rob put it, about one out of every eight podcasts is pod fading. And hmm. pod fading is described as a show that has started and has just stopped. So while there's been this huge influx of new podcasts to the Apple Podcast app, it's been a huge influx of shows that are no longer still producing episodes. That's a lot of clutter because yeah. the pandemic, as we noted, started uh, back in March and that's half a million new podcasts, over half a million new podcasts since March. It's interesting to note that the number of new podcasts within the last 91 to 365 days is at 505,992 in total number of podcasts, where the total number of podcasts that were created in the last five years is only at 106,636. So essentially, five times growth versus the old school podcasters and the podcasters of the past year. That number there, the 91 to 365, that is the by the episode recency. So 505,000 episodes have had their most recent episode 90 to 365 days ago. So to me, that that seems like it says podcasters have tried to start during COVID released a handful of episodes and have stopped and haven't come back in the last three to 12 months where there's still 253,895 that have put up an episode within the last seven days and over 500,000 between the, between the zero to 30 days, it's still about 500,000 that have an episode up recently. Daniel does have a wonderful graph here of active versus inactive by available episodes. 
and notes that the difference between shows that have one episode and are active at 110,308 and the shows that are inactive with one episode at 264,824, meaning 264,824 people did one episode and said, no, I'm good. Not going to do another one, at least in the last 90 days, as Daniel J. Lewis has defined active podcasts. That's a lot. That's a lot of people that stopped creating a show. (laughs) And you can see that the variance is still pretty stark for two episodes, three episodes, four episodes, five episodes, six episodes. It gets a, the, the difference between active and inactive shows, seven, eight, and nine, the difference is very, very small compared to one, two, three, four, and five. So essentially, you got to get over that five episode hump, and you're probably going to continue creating episodes. Well, hey, we're in our fifth episode. Are we going to create a sixth? I hope so. <laughs> All right, then we then we have nothing to worry about. I like how the last one here, Jay. If you look, ten plus episodes. There are actually more active ten plus episode podcasts than there are inactive. Well, that's good news. That is that's definitely good news. <laughs> so we got four more, and we can uh, keep going. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a plan. Before we say goodbye, John, why don't we uh, why don't we hear a word from our buddy Joey? What do you say? Yeah, let's let's go for it. Joey's totally tech. If you're interested in that tech stuff, go and check him out. It's a good podcast. What do you say, John? Well, I had I had a, a lot of fun again today, Jay. Uh, I've enjoyed recording these podcasts with you. Hopefully, everything recorded properly here yeah. using Zencaster. There's quite a number of worries on our end. We'll just be right up in frank that this episode, there's a good chance it may not see the light of day. <laughs> Another reason why Zencaster is going to get low marks in uh, the based on the previous software that we've used. I agree. Sorry, Zencaster. We're just being honest. So, John, how can people get in touch with you if they have more questions based on today's episode? Sure. Again, you can reach me through my website, qd-up.com, or through my email, info at qd up.com just in case you didn't know that that stands for queued up queued up the name of this podcast you can reach me at the real pod vader on twitter my dms are open so i am readily available to talk to you you can reach me on linkedin as well if you wanted to reach me there or you can email me nextfanup at gmail.com which is the email address for my other podcast that i do about the nfl if you're interested in that you can check out that podcast on the listening app you're listening to right now so john uh it's been another wonderful week with you we'll get to episode six and then seven and eight nine and ten and we don't have to worry about pod fading at all <laughs> and until next week i am pod vader he's john there you have it